0: We've been in a series for the last number of weeks called Mastermind. Uh, basically, change your thinking, change your life. Anybody like to change the circumstances or the situations that you're in in your life at the moment? Praise God, every one of us would. Amen. There's things in our life that are not going quite the way that we would like them to go. Here's the, here's the trick. Change the way you think, and you can change your life. Amen? We've been looking at, in, in this series, we've been looking at the mind of Paul and, and the teachings of Paul, uh, uh, running in, in a accordance with uh, how we think and, and how, we should, how we should think. And, and what do we know about our minds? We know that our minds are incredibly powerful, aren't they? Yeah. Our minds are incredibly powerful. And we also know that there's a war going on in our minds. You know, you've noticed that, haven't you? Yeah. Like, as I said before, I've often fell out with myself. I've often had a discussion with myself in my mind and come to the conclusion at the end of the discussion that I've fallen out with myself. I've had a row in my mind. Sometimes I think in my mind there's an actual physical war going on where you know, the good thoughts are falling out with the, with the bad thoughts and the bad thoughts try to take over and the good thoughts are trying to fight back. And there's this constant, and it's, it's in all of our minds, there's this constant battle going on in our minds. But you know what? It's a battle that we can win. Amen? It's not a battle that we lose. This is a battle that we can win. If we can control how we think, we can control our lives. Amen? Yeah. We really can. Last week we learned that if we don't change the way we think, we can not change the way we live. If we can not change the way we do things, we'll never change the way that we think about things. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Our thoughts matter. They really do. In fact... Our our key verse from all this we find in in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and in verse 3, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. What's a stronghold? It's it's a prisoner locked up by deception. Amen? That's what a, a stronghold is. For casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, for casting down arguments. Where are these arguments going on? In your head? For casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the Word of God. For everything that you, every thought that you think that would try and put itself above the knowledge of God, above the Word of God, we got to cast them down. Amen? we got to take them captive. Amen? Because in our lives, the only thoughts that should have predominance in our lives are thoughts, good thoughts from God. Amen? Amen? Amen. Everything else is a lie. And we need to take them captive for casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity, into the obedience of Christ. Bringing every thought into captivity. It's like um, you often see, and I love watching these programs, how it's made. And I've seen them in an in a, in a egg factory before where, where, where they have all the chickens and the eggs are all laid and different chickens lay different size eggs and they measure these eggs. They measure all these eggs to say whether they're small eggs or medium eggs or large eggs and they're all done so quick. Well, that's what we need to do with our thoughts. Every thought that we have, we need to measure it up against the Word of God. Amen? Every thought we need to think that we need to say, okay, is this a good thought or is this a bad thought? Is this a thought from God or is this a lie from the enemy? And we need to measure our thoughts. We need to capture our thoughts. And don't allow ourselves to think thoughts from the enemy because the enemy is a liar. liar. Amen. And always has been. We we have been given the power from God to crush, to destroy, to obliterate, to wipe out every wrong thought in our lives. We have been given that power. A lot of times when we Think bad thoughts, we choose to think bad thoughts. Amen? We need to change that. Amen? We need to take our thoughts captive and we need to demolish all of these bad thoughts and we need to replace these thoughts with the Word of God. Amen? We need to replace these thoughts with the Word of God. Any thought that is inconsistent with the truth of God's Word, we need to grab it and we need to make it our prisoner. Amen. We are not a prisoner to lies. The lies are a prisoner to God's Word. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. We need to take them captive and make them obedient to God's Word. Amen? Amen. We need to make these thoughts obedient to God's Word. If you are with us for the last couple of weeks, we talked about how powerful our brain is. You know your brain is so powerful? It's so powerful. Amen? And God created it. Yeah. Amen? God created this powerful brain we have. And we th- talked about what happens when we think a thought. Do you know what happens when you think a thought? What happens when you think a thought? Your experiences and your thoughts are programming your brain. Your brain is programmed by your experiences and your thoughts. The way you think has been programmed by the things that you think about. Amen? And that's fine if what you're thinking is good. If it's a good thought, if it's a godly thought, if it's from the Word of God, that's great. But if what you're thinking are bad thoughts, if bad thoughts are coming to your mind, if that's what's controlling your life, that's not good. Amen? That's not good. That's for your destruction. Because here's the thing. When you think a bad thought, it's like your brain is doubling down on that bad thought. Amen. It's like your brain is saying, okay, let's focus on this bad thought. Let's put a lot of of more thoughts into this bad thought. And what happens when you think a bad thought? You end up going off on this great line of bad thoughts. Amen. That originated with one bad thought, and now all of a sudden it ends up way over here. And now the the bad thought that you thought originally is is like a minor thing. That your thoughts have escalated so far over onto every bad thing. Amen. We need to start controlling our mind and taking every thought into captivity because the problem is that most of our battles in our lives are won and lost in our mind. There's a battlefield going on in your mind. And the battle is between God's truth about you and the enemy's lies about you. We need to allow the truth of God to win out. Amen? Amen? As I said last week, it's crazy that you could be telling someone for years, that they're beautiful, they're attractive, they're desirable. For years you've been doing this, and it takes one person, one comment, to tell them that they're ugly, that they're not attractive, for them to start believing the lie. Isn't that crazy? We need to start believing the truth of God's Word. We need to allow the truth of God's Word to be the predominant thoughts that are in our minds. Amen? Amen. Praise God. I want to talk to you today for a few minutes about how we frame our thoughts or how we look at things. You know, we look at things at different angles. You know that? Oftentimes when you look at things from a different angle, it looks different. You ever notice that? If you stand at a certain point and look at the bridge over there, it looks a certain way. But then if you go to another point in the town and look at the bridge from a different angle, the bridge looks differently. We're going to talk today about framing our thoughts. Amen? For the last number of years, there's been this huge debate going on in the fashion industry. Now I'm not the captain of fashion, but I read. This debate going on in the the fashion industry has been over Photoshopping. Does everybody know what Photoshopping is? Photoshopping is basically where you take a normal image, a normal picture that you take, and you start putting it through filters. You start taking bits out. I mean, if you've a big nose in a Photoshop picture, he can cut the, the corner off that big nose. I mean, if you've big hips in that Photoshop picture, you can take them hips down. I mean, if you have blemishes and spots on your body or spots on your face, the Photoshop can remove those spots. And what happens is now is most of the magazines that you ladies buy, or the most of the pictures that you see in the newspapers, they're all photoshopped they're not a reflection of the true image. I mean, you go online and you put in a search online and say Photoshop versus normal image and you see pictures of your favorite actors or actors out there with their normal image and with their photoshopped image and they look completely different. Completely different because they're put through a filter to try and make the original picture look like it's a completely different picture. We have it everywhere now. It's in magazines, it's in our TV, uh, it's in your films. I mean, if you, do you ever look at a film to see how it's... you ever watch on a DVD? You know, on the extras on a DVD, they have a make-and-of part in it. And if you ever looked in the make-and-of, a lot of these science fiction films or a lot of the, the uh, Marvel films, and you, you actually see what the actors saw at the time this film was made, it's completely different than what you've seen on screen. Because all of these things are added to it there afterwards. Do you know in, in, in the Black Panther film, you know they weren't actually fighting aliens and that? You know that, don't you? That there was only about a half a dozen people there uh, and making shapes and all that sort of stuff. Everything else was CGI'd in afterwards. I, I presume you all knew that anyway. But that's what reframing is called. Amen? That's what Photoshopping is called. You can do it on your phone. You can do it on your camera. You go out there and you take a picture of a tree out there. You take a picture of the bridge out there. And Now, all of a sudden, when you're taking this picture, you have options. Do you want the picture to be warm? You can click warm. You can make it a warm picture, or normal, or you can make it a cold picture. You can make it a black and white picture. All of these functions are on your camera. And basically, what it's all doing, it, it, it's changing the way the picture looks. It's changing the original image to make it look like something different. Has anybody ever gone into a, a house of MERS? a house of mirrors. You get them in festivals and fairs. You know where you walk in and the first mirror that you see is a normal mirror. You look at yourself in the normal mirror, you look normal. But then as you go into it, the next mirror you see is curved in a bit. Now all of a sudden you look really skinny and you really like that mirror because that's the kind of mirror you want to take home. But the mirror then after that, it's it's a warped mirror. It's bent out a bit. And I mean you look like you're 48 stone in this warped myrrh. Next myrrh you look at, it's, it's, it's kind of warped from the top to the bottom, so you look 15 feet tall. And the next myrrh that you look at is it's warped in, so you look like someone that's four feet tall. What's it doing? It's the starting the image. Amen? It's the starting the, the, the original image. And what we need to do in our lives is we need to start to recognize the true image and not go for the distorted image. Because the the, the lie that the enemy is trying to sow into your life and my life is the distorted image of the truth. Amen? That's the thoughts that he's trying to drop into your mind. A distorted image of the truth. We need to start recognizing the truth. Amen? Amen? We need to start looking at things with the right filter. Amen. Yeah. Praise God. Amen. Glory to God. I often seen it in work. Where you would have two people. Would, um, the boss would bring in two people. You've probably seen it yourself. And he would give the two people. The exact same instructions. One of them would go away offended. The other would go away encouraged. Now. What's the difference? Both of them got the exact same instructions. The difference is the way both of them viewed the instructions. One of them viewed them negatively, and the other one viewed it positively. Even though the instructions were the very same, the way they looked at it completely changed what they felt that the instructions were. We're going to talk about reframing today. What's reframing? Reframing is simply creating a different way to look at a situation, a person, a relationship, and change its meaning. I want to show you a picture this morning. Praise God. Do you know what kind of day you're going to have today? Some of us are going to have a negative day. A negative day because of the way we frame things. Amen? Can we put that picture up there? Some of us are going to have this kind of a day, a dark day, a dull day. Because this is the way we're looking at the picture. We're looking at this part of the picture. We're looking at the darkness, the dullness of the day. Others are going to have a good day, a positive day. We're going to have a a nice day, a happy day, a day where good things happen. Because we're looking at this part of the picture. I mean, the picture is the same. But the way we frame the picture is what makes the difference in our lives. We need to, if you're you're going to have a bad day, you're framing the picture this way. If you're going to have a positive, good day, you're framing the picture this way. It all depends what way we look at the same picture. Amen? Because the picture didn't stay. Amen? We need to adopt the attitude of always looking on the bright side. Amen? That's the attitude that we need to take. Always looking on the bright side. In every situation we need to develop a habit of looking on the positives and not focusing on the negatives in every situation amen Amen. like in the last week and maybe some of you noticed in the last few weeks that the management of the car park outside has changed now it's changed from where we used to have a few guys who used to sit on the hood out there and on your way out you used to pay them 80 cent or whatever it was for your parking now the council have taken over the parking and they're going to put a parking meter in here so all that's going to change. The hood is gone and, and the guys are gone. So a few weeks ago, just as, as the guys are coming up to their last days, I talked to one of them. And, you know, he was all down because he had lost his job now and he, he, ha, he had nothing to do come next Monday. And I said to him, you know what? I said, this could be the greatest thing that ever happened to you. This could be the best thing that ever happened to you. I said to him, your best job is lying ahead of you. Now, because you're now unemployed now, because this job is finished, you're now in the marketplace to get the best job you've ever had. What did I just do for him? I changed his thinking. Can we go back to that picture? I changed his thinking from thinking that way, that it's all dark, there's no good thing coming out of this, I'm going to be unemployed on Monday, to start, hopefully, thinking this way. Actually, this is a great opportunity for me. I'm now in a place where I can get the best job that I can ever get. I'm in, a, in the best place. This is a great news for me. It's change the way you look at something to change the result of something. Amen? Amen. Amen. What changed? Hopefully, he stopped looking at the situation with a negative filter, and even though the problem didn't change, now, with a positive filter, his, pros- his perspectives changed. Amen? Now he could look at it a different way. It's like two people who start work at six o'clock in the morning. I used to start work at six o'clock in the morning all the time. And I used to love starting at six o'clock in the morning. Why? Because I finished at two. I loved it. But I often went into work at six o'clock in the morning and the other people who come in at six o'clock in the morning as well and they do nothing but growl and complain. This is way too early to come to work. I hate starting work at six o'clock. I have to get up at five o'clock in the morning. And what was the difference there? Perspectives. One was looking at the positive. Amen. I get to finish at two. One was looking at the negative. I have to get up at five. I mean, we got to change the way we look at things. Amen. We always got to look on the bright side, look on the good side. We have to change from being a, a basket is half empty person to a basket is half full person. Amen? And all we have to, can do in that is just refrain, reframe the way we look at the thing. Amen? You know, I love what Paul says in Philippians chapter 4. He says there in verse 11, he says, I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances... Paul said, I have learned in whatever situation I find myself to look on the positive side and not the negative side. Amen? I have learned to reframe my situation to look on the positive side. Verse 12 says, I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret to be content in any and every situation. Whenever, whatever I, we, whenever. Well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Isn't that amazing? Here is the apostle Paul letting us in on a secret, the secret to contentment. Amen? Anybody want to know the secret to contentment? Paul has let this in on that secret. He says that he has learned to. He has learned to. I believe that there's not many of us that are positively charged. No. I don't believe many of us are positively charged. No. I believe most of us, and probably include me a lot of times, are negatively charged. We have a tendency to look on the, 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 the dark side rather than the good side. But we can learn to look on the good side. Amen? Amen? Paul said that he had learned to in every situation, whether with a full belly or whether having eaten for days, whether living under a, a, a bridge in the clothes on his back or whether living in relative comfort. He said that he had learned to. Paul had learned the secret to contentment and that was to rely and trust in Jesus who gave him overcoming strength. Amen? Because you see, most of us wake up in the morning and before we even put a toe on the ground, we decide what kind of a day we're going (laughs) to have. That's the truth. You know, we didn't get a restful night's sleep. We may have been up a couple of times during the night. Maybe we, we, we for, for one reason or another, uh, uh, maybe your phone beeped at 3 o'clock in the morning. Someone was sending you a message and you're thinking, what are you doing at 3 o'clock in the morning? Most of us, before we ever get out of the bed, because we hear wind or we hear the rain on the window, we decide what kind of a day we're going to have. Maybe you have no clean socks. Maybe you can only find one of your shoes. Disaster. Maybe your favorite breakfast cereal is gone. Maybe you have no milk. From that point, you decide what kind of a day you're going to, be have, you're going to have. You decide you're going to have a, a bad day. Or you can wake up early in the morning, hear the wind and rain against the window. You can be awake a couple of times during the night because someone messages you at 3 o'clock in the morning. Or, and, and you can get out of the bed and you still have no clean socks and you still can't find your right shoe. But, you know, in all of that, you can say, Hey, listen, I'm not going to let these things define what kind of day I'm going to have. I'm going to still have a good day. Amen? We don't need to allow our circumstances or our situations to determine whether or not we're going to have a good day or not. We need to, right there, right then, in that point, decide, hey, I may not have socks, I may not have all my shoes, but I'm still going to have a good day today. Amen? We need to learn how we can be content in all circumstances. Amen? We need to start focusing on the positives. We need to say, at least I can get out of my bed. Yeah, amen. Amen? amen? At least I'm waking up this morning. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. At least I have a roof over my head. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. At least I have cornflakes, even though the mix are all gone. Yeah. Amen? We, can, we need to start looking on the positives rather than the negatives. We need to start reframing our circumstances. Amen? Yeah, amen. We have to learn to think differently. Amen? What we need to understand is this. You cannot control what happens to you, but you can control how you frame it. I mean, those guys on the hood out there, they couldn't control the fact that their jobs were gone. They could do nothing about that. But they could control what happened to them when their jobs went. Whether they went into a depression because they had no job, or whether they went, this is a fantastic opportunity for me. Amen? You see that last scripture we used in Philippians chapter 4? where Paul talked about despite the outlook, he had learned to be content, yeah. to trust in God who gave him strength. Can anybody tell me where Paul was when he wrote those words? In jail. Was Paul uh, back in Jerusalem with the rest of the apostles, enjoying himself in relative peace? No, he wasn't. He wasn't even out on the road preaching the word of God. Paul was in jail. Amen? And he wasn't in any ordinary jail. He was in a Roman jail. And he wasn't there for jaywalking or for not paying his tax. He was there, why? Because he was preaching the gospel. Because he was fulfilling the great commitment. The great commission, should I say. Amen? So Paul could have been forgiven if he'd have wrote, when he wrote Philippians if he didn't have quite such a positive outlook on it. He could have forgiven Paul if he could have been a little bit more negative when he was writing the book of Philippians. He could have nearly forgiven Paul if he have went hey, Lord, I'm writing this book, but you know what? Um, We see what's going on here. I'm doing what you asked me to do, and and now I'm waiting to be killed. I could have stayed in Jerusalem. I could have raised a family. I could have got a job. But but yet I've done what you asked me to do, and here I am now waiting to be executed. But Paul didn't do that, did he? Paul had a positive attitude. Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen? I think Paul's circumstances and Paul's future in this situation put most of our problems in fact all of our problems into perspective doesn't it yeah Yeah. he was out preaching the gospel and he's about to be executed i think that dwarfs any problem that any of us are going through here amen Amen. i mean for a lot of us it just takes a drop of rain for our day to be ruined amen you got a flat tire i mean it's 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 life shattering if you got a flat tire amen amen and I mean, if someone rejects you or if you lose a friend, you go into six months of depression. <laughs> amen? <laughs> and you know, most of the time, we create most of our own messes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We create most of our own messes. And here is Paul in Rome to preach the gospel of Jesus, doing good, fulfilling the Great Commission, and he finds himself in jail awaiting execution. Paul could have been forgiven for moaning a bit, but he didn't, amen? even though he could have been excused and moaned a bit, Paul had a different view. He had a different perspective. And we can learn from Paul's view, even though he was going through all this sort of stuff, we can learn the way Paul framed his his situation. In Philippians chapter 1, it says there, verse 12, it says, But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. Do you see what Paul is saying there? That even though he's there in jail, even though he's in chains, actually, he says, what's happening to me is actually causing the gospel to be furthered. Yeah, He is saying, even though I'm in chains, even though I'm chained to a couple of guards on either side, even though I'm in jail, this is actually causing the gospel to be advanced. How could Paul say that? Because he was looking on his situation with a different frame. Amen? Amen? Amen. He was looking on his situation with a different frame. Paul is saying that instead of looking on his circumstances and complaining, I'm looking at this with a different filter, at a different angle, with a different frame. So that what's actually happening to me instead of bringing my destruction, is actually serving to advance the gospel. Do you know you cannot control what happens to you, but you can control how you frame it. Paul continues in verse 13, he says, So that it's become evident to the whole palace guard and to the rest that my chains are in Christ. He says it's now become evident to everyone around me to the two guards on my left, to the two guards on my right, to the rest of the prisoners in here, to everyone that knows about my captivity, it's now become known that my captivity is because I preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. My chains are not for my destruction, but for the glory and to glorify God and to advance his kingdom. Verse 14, it says, And most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. He is saying that because everybody knows that my chains are for Christ, all of the believers in my area are now much more confident to preach the word of God because of my chains. Isn't that amazing? And that's because Paul didn't choose to complain, but Paul chose to reframe his situation And give the glory to God to look on the positives of it. And because Paul didn't complain, the gospel has been advanced because of it. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Glory to God. My change, are not for my destruction, but for the glory of God and the advancement of his kingdom. And because of this, everyone was witnessing the gospel even more boldly. So really quick as we close. Here's what we have to do when we're challenged with the thoughts of a negative day ahead. We have to practice to look for God's goodness in all things. Amen? Like that picture. That picture looks like rain, doesn't it? Doesn't it? It looks like there's a storm coming. Yeah? You agree with me? Looks like a storm coming. I wonder if we were to think Rather than the storm is coming, that the storm is passing. It's the way you look at the picture. Amen? Negative. Storm is coming. Things are going to get hard. Why did this happen to me? What did I do to deserve this? Or the storm has passed. Good things are coming my way. You know, even though I've just been in a storm, the storm has been coming... But you know what? Good things are coming my way. The storm is going to pass. Amen? Amen. We need to reframe how we look at certain things. How we, look, how, how we deal with the thoughts that come into my, our minds. We need to reframe them. We have to practice to look for God's goodness in all things. Amen? We have to be like Paul. And understand that God is good no matter what our picture looks like. Amen. That's good. We have to understand that no matter what our picture looks like, God is still good. If we can take our minds off ourselves for a minute and on the things that are going on around us and to refocus our eyes on God and train ourselves to always, despite the situation, to look on God's goodness rather than what else is going on around us. Amen? Amen. Reframe. Okay, so I have a flat tire, but my car could have been stolen. Mm -hmm. True? Okay, there's no beans in the press, but there's some spaghetti. Okay, the flight's delayed because of technical issues. But I'd rather that happen on the ground than have some technical issues at 40,000 feet. Amen? We've got to start looking on things differently. I've seen so many people in airports complain because their flight was delayed. They lose the plot. They're like, this is not fair, this is not right, this is so bad, and they just lose their peace. And we've been several times had flight delays. Several times sitting six and eight hours in the airport. We sat in the airport one time I think for eight hours because there was something wrong with the landing gear of the plane. Praise God. I'd rather that happened on the ground than happened at 40,000 feet, amen? Amen? Because if, if the pilot comes on at 40,000 feet and says, attention passengers, we're going in for emergency landing because we have something wrong with our landing gear. I mean, you're wishing you were sitting in the airport then for eight hours, amen? Amen? We've got to start to learn to reframe the situations, amen? We need to start to look at God's goodness In all circumstances. And not only in the good circumstances. Amen. Last scripture. Romans chapter 28. It says there. And we know that all things work together for good for those who love God. Amen. All things work together for good. All things. The bad things. Surely the bad things couldn't work for God's goodness. Yeah. If we reframe them, yes, they can. Yes, they can. You have bad things going on at the moment? How can that, how can that be good for God's glory? Depends the way you frame it. Amen? Amen. Depends on the way you frame it. You can use that bad thing going on in your life to encourage someone going forward. Amen? Or you can say, yeah, I know where you are. I've been there before. It, it's, the storm is going to pass. Amen? Amen? Church, we need to learn to refocus, to reframe and to look at everything that goes on in our lives, knowing that we serve a good God. Amen? Amen? Amen. A good God. Amen?